It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate, oh yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week we have confirmed Superman Legacy casting, Mike. Happened faster than I thought it would. Boy, we were just, we had like theories last weekend and then it came out and then uh, everyone sent it to me and I'm like, hold on a second, let me check. So I went to James Gunn's page to make sure he said it was true first. So, Well, did well, you run out of tweets though? Because yeah, if you ran I, out of tweets, you wouldn't be able to read I it. just found out about that uh, while we've been talking before this, Mike. <laughs> so uh, thank God I'm not on there anymore. Andor is taking us back to Naboo, and we'll look at a photo for that. So we have some links in our show notes today. Dune drops a trailer for part two, Mike. Mm-hmm. And more. Man, Chris out here, like the wild, wild west shooter that he is, uh, just jumping us into the podcast, a little inside mm-hmm. baseball there, is we usually try to the start the recording we start the podcast on 30 second intervals and he saw like 31 he's like let's go 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 that's right so good thing i didn't talk over anything like that i learned recently why um wild west people always did like tricks with their guns and stuff while they were always like spinning them around they weren't necessarily trying to show off it was you're get, they were they were developing like the tactile sensory feel for the weapons because if you can get really really good with doing all of these tricks uh the the odds of you ever just dropping your gun in a normal firefight and in, in normal scenarios uh-huh. are like uh, drop they plummet dr- dramatically because like that's the easiest apparently that was the easiest way to die in the wild wild west is you just accidentally drop your gun so that's why they they practice yeah. by doing all these tricks so that's that's chris shooting off the cuff yeah, at 31 I, seconds jumping into the recording well, i want to tell you he's right, been practicing for 400 episodes i, I will tell you 400 actually closer to 500 if you count our reviews but um yeah. I, I will tell you uh, it's funny you mentioned spinning guns around um because happy fourth of july week everybody um <laughs> last week we were or yesterday last night we were laying out fireworks uh, at my my in-laws, and you know you have those safety lighters that you pull them, and they have like they they look like guns, right? They have a trigger, you pull it, and the lights on the end mm-hmm. down there. So I I have one of those with me. I'm just spinning around the whole night yesterday. I'm like <laughs> I'm like, you know, spinning, flicking, flipping around. I'm like, all right, let's light this up and pop 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 pop. And yeah, you know, it's it's really funny you mentioned that because that's what I was doing with that. Yeah, I mean, I, ironically, keeping that lighter in your hand longer is probably going to be your undoing rather yeah. than putting it down and not lighting something well, explosive. Yeah, I I have a I've I've a better opportunity to not drop it when i'm lighting fireworks mike so you know i'll I'll take i'll take it well i learned the tactile feel of this lighter beforehand but um happy fourth (laughs) of july if you're listening this on monday because you have to work um because on a tuesday it's a weird it's a weird day to have a holiday like this uh and you're listening to us uh happy fourth and be safe enjoy yourself out there you know blow some stuff up but anyway but um mike uh (laughs) yeah go ahead I was just going to say there was a, uh, a brand new animated movie that yeah. dropped this weekend um, because apparently if you look at the box office out there, folks, uh, nobody's yeah. going to the movie theaters at all this summer. And uh, you can count me in on that list because Chris will be talking about his trip to Indiana Jones here momentarily, whereas I did the opposite and I stayed home in the comfort of my own 
living room with my TV, and I watched uh, Netflix's new animated feature, Nimona, which mm-hmm. it's it's weird to say it's Netflix's because it's actually Annapurna Pictures, but before it was Annapurna Pictures, it was Disney at one point in time, and and before it was ever Disney's, it was a graphic novel just created by an independent uh, artist and storyteller. So uh, it's crazy to see the chain that this movie has gone through, but it's great to see that it finally came out. It was a pleasant surprise watching it. I believe it did pretty good numbers for Netflix on its premiere, but we'll never know more beyond that you know unless Mm -hmm. the writer's strike gets some concessions from netflix and they actually start publishing numbers at some point in time but we sat down and we watched it the other night and had like a really good time it's like a it's a you know it's a kids animated movie but it's got it's got a little bit of edge to it they're tackling storytelling that's a little bit more mature so you don't really see that too often the art style is interesting because you can feel that this art style is like a response to that very first, you know, Spider-Verse movie that came out where they're trying to be a little bit more experimental. So they're just like, oh, we don't have to go with that Pixar look necessarily that everyone's doing. But, you know, since it had production delays and they were caught up on some, some things, you could see that maybe they couldn't quite take it as far as maybe they wanted to. But overall, it was still visually pleasing. Uh, the voice cast was great. The story really picks up in the second half. Like it feels very predictable uh, at the beginning, but then it kind of takes the uh, a delightful turn towards the end, and it has a lot of heart to it. Like I would say, uh, at, at very baseline, your movie is successful if at some point in time you touch my feelings, you know, in some way, whether it's like fear or joy or like sadness or something like that. Um, so I, I got that from this movie. So if the price of admission, like I said last week with Extraction 2, is purely just your Netflix subscription, uh, this one's an easy recommend. It's an easy watch. You can definitely watch it with your kids. And um, I don't know if there's a sequel necessarily in the books because I have the Nimona graphic novel that my brother got me uh, for um, the holidays one year. I had, I never got around to reading it. True laziness in my bones where all I had to do was wait for a movie to come around. But I started flipping through the graphic novel last night after we watched it and I was like, oh, it feels very tonally different. Like the movie seems to be a little bit more cheerful and bright where like, you know, the comic book pages of the graphic novel are a little bit more desaturated, you know, and dark and the art style is a little bit more... Um, um, uh, what do I want to say? Like indie, you know, in a way. So I don't, I don't know if there's room there for more story, but I could recommend Nimona to you folks out there into the world. Yeah, I just looked up. No, no sequel plans yet, but I did see because you know Annapurna is getting a lot of uh, press this week, and they announced they're also going to be producing the very first video game coming up pretty soon as well. So, um, oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, so they they say they're they're supposed to be making their own video games. I. I, I and I, I I'm not gonna hold it against them, but I, the only movies I remember seeing them on um, Annapurna was they were part of uh, was it Terminator Genesis. Uh, they were one of the co-producing studios. And do you remember the animated movie Sausage Party that was just? Oh, they were Annapurna. They, they're part of it, yeah. They, they're co-productions on those guys. Yeah, so I it's was funny because. Like, in the front of my head since you brought up video games is I the last time I remember interfacing with Annapurna was with Stray the cat video game yeah uh, which I'm pretty sure was Annapurna so I guess they're just well I more think of like a multimedia experience um I I don't I think that's two different studios I think Annapurna Interactive is a different um one but maybe it could be it could be maybe the same branch of the same person either way 
that, that's pretty cool. So, um, Demona, yeah. and then what was that? Jake Extraction Two is on there. So if you've got like a, <laughs> a Netflix thing, I, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm just saying that's great movies, right? Coming out on, on Netflix yeah. for everybody right now. So we haven't we haven't watched it yet, but they added that second season of Is It Cake? Oh. So if you really want to see people make cake that looks like things, yeah. and we'll probably get around to watching that. <laughs> and we don't cover it here, but I believe the first half of The Witcher season three is on there. This one uh, as well. <laughs> it's so funny. My we opened up Netflix and my wife saw the banner for The Witcher. She's like, "Oh, look, there's more Witcher." I don't have the heart to remind her. We never finished watching the second season, <laughs> and it's just like that's how like I don't want to like dog on it and say it's unforgettable. So I don't know if it's just maybe Netflix lack of marketing or just the mm-hmm. staying power of the second season. But we just never got around to finishing it yeah. and they're we do- don't even remember it. <laughs> they're doing the, uh, stranger things approach for this second one, doing it every in two parts, uh, this mm. month and next month. So, you know, slowly getting to a, a, a release schedule for, for them. That's pretty cool. And, um, and, and again, since we're just talking about the Witcher, uh, they, they're doing season four and five back to back with the, the new, uh, Liam Hemsworth actor instead of, uh, Henry Cavill. Cause he probably left oh, yeah, to go be right. Superman again. And, well, we'll talk about who who isn't Superman later, <laughs> later this episode. But um, yeah, so you watch Netflix. Uh, I went. Um, you okay? Before we get there, you said you had an existential question for me before we even get into <laughs> our first notes. And you know, you kind of you kind of dropped a little bit of a hint on it here, right at, at the mm. beginning. That's about something about the movie. So at, tell me what your question is before I get into talking yeah, so about this, the theaters. So I'll, I'll give you my existential question, Chris, and then maybe you can kind of uh, roll it into your uh, like initial thoughts and opinions of Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny. My question is, Chris, is mm-hmm. how often, or if any recently, have you gone to the movie theaters and just had fun? I'm not talking about necessarily seen a good movie or had the opportunity to sit next to somebody that just wasn't a, uh, like an absolute maniac. I'm saying mm-hmm. like you actually went to the movie theater and just honest to God had fun. Because I, I don't know if that experience is just totally unique to just being a child. And once you get older, you, you just don't get that feeling in the movie theater anymore. But like this comes down to one of the main reasons why I haven't seen Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny this weekend. It's just like I just could not drag myself to the theaters anymore. It's just it's it's just so it's just so unfortunate that like the movie theater has just become not necessarily a fun experience anymore. And I keep leaning onto the word fun because it's kind of a more uh, a blissful word to way to describe it. It's just everything just feels so stressful. I have a, um, a daily uh, far side calendar comic. And the one I ripped off today was a man who's sitting on an airplane and he's looking to the man next to him and he looks kind of goofy and silly. And he says to himself, oh God, why do I always get sat next to these these kind of people and the seat next to him is is empty and what he can't see is there's an even crazier gigantic uh um like insane person walking down the aisle about to sit next to him and i'm like yes that's the feeling that's it when i go to a movie theater now it's like when you're on a plane waiting to see who you're gonna get get stuck next to for the next two hours and i feel like there's just there's just so much anxiety there's price around it. There's all of this anticipation and also like stress of having to get your tickets ahead of time, getting a good time slot, you know, you know, just trying to plan everything out.
about making sure you you avoid spoilers. And I just realized with all of this stuff, I was like, when's the last time I went to the theater and had fun? Like, I, I, I feel like the last moment I can remember is probably Avengers Endgame. It's the last time I was at a theater and like really, really just had a good time and it was a good experience overall. Mm-hmm. So I, I was going to ask you, Chris, when was the last time you would say you were in a theater and had fun? Fun, like the word fun, F-U-N, so, like SpongeBob. You could yeah, des- you no, could describe I, that. L- literally, I would say the second time I watched The Flash, like like a week ago, like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, we are we are two different people. We come from different, you know, similar backgrounds, but we're, we're different people. I don't incur the stress of all this stuff that you just mentioned. Like I, I it rolls off of me like like water uh, on skin, right? Like kind of thing. Like, I don't <laughs> skin. I, I, I like like I don't yeah, I was gonna, I can like I'm think I just was at a pool yesterday, Mike, leave me alone. Um but <laughs> but like I don't like, you know, buying my tickets, picking time, I really don't have to worry about it. I just, you know, I, I just do it and I, I move on with it. And I think there are situations, you know, I've had bad experiences where they're not fun and it's usually mostly due to other people at the theaters, right? People who are on their phones, they're loud, they're obnoxious, they're annoying. But overall, I, I, I don't, I don't let it, it doesn't get to me, and I still have a great time. I, one of the cool things about you know when we moved two years ago, we are one stoplight um, slash walking distance away from the, the, the closest movie theater that we go to now, and um, I, it's, it's cool that I don't have to like I, I love pre like I think whenever I couldn't pre pre select my seat, I was more anxious because I wanted to get there early to make sure I got a seat I wanted um, or or not you know, miss out on getting tickets. So I think that advent has actually taken less stress off of me. And I, I just like to go. I like to have a good time. I think, you know, some things I, I think, and, and it's funny you mentioned this because I read an article about movie theaters are like, they're not coming back the way people like the industry thought they would this year. Right. Like they were like, all right, we got a bunch of movies and they're right. A lot of movies should line up. If they, if they put this into a, one of their Warner brothers, predictive analytics things, it's going to say, this is going to make you a bunch of money at the movie theaters that we've always joked about. They, all of these would have been perfect examples, right? Indiana Jones, the flash with Batman from 89, um, you know, uh, well, guardians of the galaxy, you know, all these things, Spider-Man, Great. Uh, I, th- I think these would be great, but I just don't think people are going back. And I think the, um, to me, what I think needs to be worked on is the actual venues themselves, if that makes sense. Like, you know, if I'm, if I want to go to a movie theater, like I, I, I would say the thing that always bothers me the most is how long does it take you to get your drink and your snacks if you want to get one at the, at the counter, right? There's only like two people only working there at any given time. So you're like, if you have to go, you have to go early. You have to. I, I don't like the wait to get in there. If I can walk in and just sit down and get to my movie pretty quickly, I'm thrilled. I'm happy. I'm I'm pleased as can be. So I I, I still have a good time. You know, I I don't mind going on a whim. Uh, if I'm like, yeah, I really want to see this. Let's see what's available today. Do we have anything in our schedule? No. Let's roll over there. So to me, you know, and and how we we operate here is more of a fly by the seat of my pants, if you will, and just roll with it um and i just don't i i still have fun i i guess that's it i i'm still having a good time i do think you know the people are the problem at the end of the day the idea of you know we've been in lockdown we've been isolated for several years some people longer than others because you know they, they they again people work from home more frequently they just don't go out it's not necessarily that they're isolating but like the people who do they're they're very much in their own world 
24-7 and not cognizant of everything around them and how it's affecting other people, especially in a movie theater, right? That's a, it's a premium event. You're, you're paying to, to go to a venue to enjoy, or hopefully enjoy something or at least experience something that um, it may not be a hundred percent your way, but like you still want to get the best thing that you can. And, and I'm thinking about, you know, um, uh, the avatar. I, did you not have fun in avatar? I figured you would have had fun in avatar. Is that the, 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 the movie itself was a good yeah. experience, but every, everything else was yeah, a little I, bit uh, of a stress. I knew the people, I knew the people sucked for you. Right. Like, but like, um, but yeah, everything to me, this not, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the same, same wave. Like we're like a yin and yang of this whole, the whole theater. You, going you do bring, you do bring up a good point though, when it comes to everyone kind of has like these different expectations when it comes to a movie theater. Right. But I think we are hitting on something that is very uh, similar where we all want something out of a theater. And I think the reason why maybe we've all become, I don't want to say necessarily picky in a way, because I think we should be guaranteed a positive going experience. If you're paying money for it, that's mm-hmm. your right as a consumer it's that there's never been as much competition before yeah. for the movie theater space out there. So there's like a million different reasons you could say why, like, because I believe Indiana Jones is kind of underperforming or it's on the lower end of its projections. The uh, DreamWorks new anime movie that animated movie that came out this weekend was the lowest uh, animated uh, movie weekend that Dave ever produced um, at that studio. Uh, they, obviously, people have been talking about The Flash for a couple weeks now with its response. So, you know, if you wanted just to distill the the commonality between all of those, it's just people just aren't going to the theaters to watch it. They just have yeah. other things that they could be doing. You know, it could just but, be yeah. they're lazy and, and, you know, they're just on their phone scrolling through TikTok, which is something I do all the time, or they got plenty of things to to watch through all the different streaming services they have at home. You know, it's also I would think, and this is something we we probably complained the opposite about three years ago. Is there's too many movies out right now? Like, what do you mm-hmm. choose when you go out there? Right? Like, you got you got Spider Man, you got the Flash, Guardians is still in theaters, um, Indiana Jones. Uh, you know, there's there's several movies still in theaters that, that you know. They're they're lengthening those windows to streaming, so they're going to be in here for two months, three months now. But like, there's just too many choices. If you are on a, um, you know, budget, or you only want to go to the movies once once a month, or, or however frequently you can, you're not going to go see all of them, right? Like, th- this is too. This is a very condensed window with a lot of choices. You know, uh, was it The Flash came out and they had Elemental that weekend as well, like a Pixar movie, right? Uh, we have Transformers still. Uh, th- there's just so much. The uh, you mentioned was it my, my life as a teenage Kraken? Is that the movie mm-hmm. it's called? I, I didn't even know that existed until uh, I think I saw the Flash uh, the first time or the second time. Mm-hmm. Like I know I'd seen no trailer, so I, I think they are. You're right. Like, are we are our consumers paralyzed by choice and just under the assumption? And this is a fair assumption that I can stream it on one of my services if I just wait another month or two. And for most families and most people, that's probably okay with them, right? They don't have that desire to go out and watch it immediately. They probably watch the rest of the, the other things if it's a franchise in the same manner. So mm-hmm. you don't need to really go out of your way and spend you know extra money. You're looking at $15 yeah. per person per ticket sometimes. And we would say 10, 10 times drinks, times snacks. If you have a family with kids, you're at like 150 bucks just going oh, to watch yeah. a movie. So like... 
Is just that, wait for that mermaid to drop on Peacock, and you're going to save a ton of money. Exactly. And and honestly, you know, when movies underperform at the theaters, guess how quickly they end up on streaming services, right? Mm-hmm. Much faster. So uh, I, I think, honestly, consumers might be trained to just not watch it and wait for those streaming events, um, which, which is sick. So I, I love cinema, and there should be opportunities for other non-blockbuster films to get out there. Um, I know Wes Anderson, he's a bigger name. He's not a small name, right? He makes big movies. I have not even seen his movie on any like theaters near me that I know of walking in. It, so, it's funny that you, you bring it up because his latest movie is actually, I saw a headline where it's being... Um, it, it's being very successful because compared to the budget and the screens that it's released in, it's doing really well. He had his, like, I think it was his biggest opening weekend for any movie that he's ever made. Yeah. And I think that also comes down to that style of audience as well. Like, no, I don't think anybody casually goes and sees um, a Wes Anderson movie, right? Yeah. These are a very specific type of audience and also an adult audience as well. You don't have to worry about getting, you know, worrying like, oh, my, my, my child is going to wait until the next Wes Anderson movie hits streaming. They don't even know what the movie is to begin it, with. So that's how I view. This is exactly how I feel. Oppenheimer is gonna gonna play out, right? Like you're not taking your kids to see a Nolan film, right? Uh, you know they're almost pushing three hours long, and sometimes like the slowest burns you've you've ever seen on screen. But mm. uh, at the same time, there are fans of that uh, of Christopher Nolan and his work who will be there in droves to to watch that on opening weekend. Uh, uh, hell or high water. So, uh, and and like Wes Anderson, I would say Nolan also puts out consistent work, right? Like at, at, at Nolan's worst, you know, people may may crucify him. Interstellar is not my favorite movie of his, right? He's got other good ones. I really enjoyed Tenet. Some people didn't enjoy Tenet. They like Interstellar. Like he still does great work at the end of the day, right? His worst is still above average um, in terms of, of movies. And I would say the same thing goes for Wes Anderson. But like the, the whole point of that is fans are coming to watch that right and um you know you would think that would be the anecdote for indiana jones but you know at at what point does um are there diminishing returns for a franchise slash i'm coming out to see a character i loved who was only big in the 80s kind of thing Mm -hmm. but But this this was the perfect preamble, Chris, yes. for how is Indiana Jones this weekend? Indiana Jones, I, uh, Indiana Jones is an interesting film. We have, uh, I, and, and I, this is not a bad thing, simply because it's now in theaters, and we have not had an Indiana Jones since uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is what two thousand eight era, mm-hmm. um, and you know that movie. Uh, it is not everyone doesn't remember everything fondly about that, but I still, I still insist it lives fine within the Indiana Jones universe, right? Like it is still, it, it, it's about aliens and that's fine because literally we, we dealt with, you know, gods and demons and other stuff in the other Indiana, like there's a guy who's giving out holy water to drink and, and you can live forever kind of deal. So like, I think it's fine, but like this way we, we, we come and meet Indiana Jones. I would say the first act of this, Mike, uh, is a, a, it opens with a, a historical Indiana Jones scene, a flashback, if you will, and the de-aging on this, like we've seen in the trailers, spot on. They they really wow. they really did some magic with that, and it's really fun to see, uh, you know, Indy, uh, young Indiana Jones do this. Thank God, that I think they used a younger actor because he doesn't move like an 
an eighty something year old man. Uh, like a well. like a like a de-aged Sam Jackson. <laughs> like, like like Captain Marvel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, or or Secret Invasion, if you're watching uh, <laughs> recently. Uh, but um, yeah, I think it's a fun journey. It's a little bit of of. It's not as quick and doesn't use his time as well as I would say. Uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, right? Like that movie, every second of that movie is used to push it forward. And uh-huh. like and there's action scenes, actions. And this, I think, some of the action scenes and set pieces last, you know, a little bit longer than they should. But, you know, it's still fun to, to get back in with Harrison Ford being Indiana Jones. He, he's really into it. Um, yeah, it's. It's, it's it's above average, but I, I I'm not gonna be like ah oh, this is the best one. This is this didn't reinvigorate the franchise of Indiana Jones at the end of the day, but it is fun. It was a good time. My my wife, um, she'll, thank God she doesn't listen. She she was she was like she's like it had me crying at the end. I'm like well that's good. Like that's what you want out of a movie, right? Like we talked <laughs> about you want to feel something, you want to have an emotion. And I'm like good. Like that's that's awesome. So I I think there's some really really cool points. Uh, the new um, actress, I cannot remember her name. For the life of me, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yes, yeah, she's a great actress, great addition to this, as well. So, um, yeah, absolutely, uh, a, a good time, uh, and this is good, probably going to be a weird thing. Probably don't have to go see it in theaters, Mike. Like, I think, <laughs> I think it's like if you, if you, if you are one of those people who like, I need to go, you know, I, I can't go see movies. Do I have to? I say you probably don't have to. You can probably wait till. Till hit streaming and watch it with the other Indiana Jones, but like it's still, if you're a fan, you've probably already seen it, or you're waiting for like maybe your your Fourth of July holiday to go watch it. It's fine. I think you'll still enjoy yourself uh, along the ride for Indiana Jones. So uh, overall, like I said, I'm not I'm not gonna drag it on. It's, it's hard to talk talk without spoilers. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen always always a, a villain of, of all you know of everything he's ever in, right? Except Star Wars, he was actually. Uh, uh, a, a hero. He was like kind. Of, he was like yeah. He was like kind of a good guy. He was like a yeah. good guy, but also bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. He built the Death Star, but he left the exhaust port. But he open. didn't. But he didn't <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he, yeah, he did a great job. Um, you know, uh, James Van Gold, uh, the guy from Logan, the the bad guy with the robotic arm. I forget his mm-hmm. the actor's name. Uh, he was in Predators as well, right? Um, mm-hmm. He uh, he's in this as as a as a villain, and he you just love to hate that guy. Like he is, <laughs> is act. It's a very strongly acted movie all, all around. So um, yeah, that's I, I don't want to talk spoilers because you know I, I don't want to get into anything. But it is definitely a Indiana Jones movie. At the end of the day, uh, I think I think people if you do, if you this is better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull if you really don't like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So that'll. That'll get you going. But, um, yeah, yeah, go see it for yourselves if, if you want to. Let me know what you think. Let's shift gears into some news. And, the, you know, the biggest thing, one of the biggest superheroes ever, Mike, is Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the longest lastings, the most, one of the most universally recognized uh, by most audiences. Children know Spider-Man and Batman more. Let's not forget that. But uh, Superman Legacy, the upcoming James Gunn, written and directed because he can hire and fire himself now as the president of DC Studios, uh, has gotten casting for both Superman, Clark Kent, and Lois Lane, Mike. And uh, actor, I I don't know this actor from anything I've ever seen, and you may be able to fill me in. Actor David Cornsweet will be Clark Kent slash Superman in this. But I do know Rachel Brosnahan... Uh, who will be Lois Lane from the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. 
So yeah, I've brought her up on the show before because her her show Maisel just wrapped its series finale uh, recently. I think she's going to be a great Lois Lane. She's got the tenacious quality that I think Lois really needs to have. You know, you need somebody that's really going to put themselves out there and, uh, for better or for worse, kind of put themselves in unintentional danger trying to get that story and also uh, just kind of like not put up with any uh, bullshit. I feel like that's a really good quality yeah. of Lois Lane and. She does that perfectly, amazingly. So I think that's a great Absolutely, casting. Yeah. And you and you are correct. The the David uh, Cornswet. I looked at that guy and I was like, I've never seen that man before in my life. <laughs> I went on IMDb and I was like, well, he's done some things, but they all seem to be kind of like younger, bent, kind of like Netflix, kind of like I don't want to necessarily say teen dramas, but that's just kind of the vibe I got when I was looking at his profile. I could be totally wrong, but yeah. I was like, oh, this explains why I've never seen him because I just don't watch anything that he's been in. But this is kind of why. I I love casting like this, right? This is why I'm so glad that, you know, the fan casting, you know, that a lot of the internet does doesn't always go its way because I've never seen this man before in my entire life. So, but the first time I saw him was with an announcement that he's going to be Superman. I looked at him, I was like, damn, that guy looks like fucking Clark Clint. Clark Clint. <laughs> Clark, Clark Kent. Kent, that looks like Superman to yeah. me. Like, so he looks so much like it. He's got me tongue-tied trying to explain yeah. how I feel. So it's just like this is great. This is like what casting directors and departments and everything. This is what they're for. They're out there putting in the work because a normal human being cannot watch everything and identify the best casting and make the best memes to put like a, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, put a campaign out there to get them hired. So I was like, this is great. This looks exactly how Superman should look. I like the kind of the younger bent on it. it i don't necessarily i get kind of like you know mid-20s kind of out of this character so and i i believe we've been told it's going to be superman that's not starting out from like a year one but maybe like a you know they've been in year it for a little three, bit but they're still yeah and i think uh, um They've also kind of said, I don't know if this came out the same week or if it was like a rumor or, or what, but supposedly this Superman is supposed to come of age with with heroes already existing. Yes, we've, so, we've talked about them casting the uh, authority with this movie as well and introducing characters from the authority, the other superhero group that's supposed to be in, in James Gunn's existing um, DCU because that's yeah. also a film that's coming out as well. Yeah, so I kind of like that. It's almost it's almost kind of like the Watchmen, Watchmen approach where it's like you have these heroes that exist and all of a sudden this godly like hero appears out of nowhere and shakes things up narratively where the, the MCU went the opposite direction, right? We had a, our first hero appear and then all the other heroes started to crop up and the world started to change. So I, I kind of like this narrative direction. It'll be a little different than what we've been used to in the other universes mm -hmm. where it's just like, okay, yeah, it, how does kind of like like normal superheroing and villaining change when somebody with like truly godlike powers arrives on the scene. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of Invincible, right? The season one show, like where mm -hmm. like there are heroes. There's, there's already a council of, of of quote unquote heroes, and then you know our main character of, of Invincible has to like find himself in this world of existing heroes and villains, right? Kind of thing, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what this kind of feels like. So you know, that's that to me. I agree. That's a good. That's a good start here. Um, for for uh, David Cornswell, I did see I I not watched this, but he is in the show or in the movie Pearl, which I know was like a really good movie that came out. Oh that. yeah, that was a successful indie hit. Yeah, it was, like, there, there was like um, Maxine is the sequel. There was one before that, before Pearl. But yeah, like they they shot them at like the same time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so so I think I think that's um, you know 
yeah, he, he, I would say he's people have known he's unknown. I did send you a photo. I don't have a link here because it's on Twitter and we're not linking Twitter in our show notes anymore, Mike, because, um, you know, people may why, not be why able, would we? <laughs> yeah, you can't see them, so we're not going to do it anymore. But I did send Mike a screenshot of a guy, um, Kunal B predicted on December 1st, 2020, a Superman reboot starring David Corns, what a Superman, and Rachel Brosnahan is Lois Lane. And I'm like, huh, that guy <laughs> predicted this like two and a half years ago. Not Ooh, he's, yeah, like he's gonna get a no prize, but, but by God, that's like that's, that's hella <laughs> predictions, you know. From yeah, I'm just like, where do you where do you turn in that clout for cash? Because that's a that's a solid prediction. They should have put money down in Vegas somewhere if that's even <laughs> that's right. even a thing. But overall, this is I think this is exciting. This is exciting casting. This this gets me going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I think it's um, you know I wouldn't say it's inspired by any means, but really cool. You know, I, again, they they look the parts. Um, you know, Rachel Brosnahan, she she's. I, I know the personality she puts off, right? I've seen from the at least the trailers even from mm-hmm. uh, Maisel. So I, I think she'll be great as well. So 100% agree. Uh, shifting gears, Captain America, Brave New World, Mike. Uh, this this movie starring Harrison Ford uh, from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny himself will be in here. Uh, filming as re- principal photography has wrapped on this movie, which is great because with the current writer strike going on, productions are wildly you know, sporadic on it, whether they're going on or finishing or even happening right now. So I think that's a good sign that they're going to be able to meet their uh, targeted release date of next, uh, next fall for this movie along the way. Um, yeah. Hopefully they don't, um, they don't have to do any sort of a creative uh, writing in the mm-hmm. editing process because that would be against the, the guild, well, uh, the guild strike. So, but they still have time, right? There's, There's still yeah. time to, even if, yeah, hopefully the strike wraps up sooner than later and they can, they can get a resolution and work, give livable wages at least to the writers for fuck's sake. Um, like, the, uh, they at least, if they get this done in like two months, three months, they have time to do, you know, they probably have planned um, pickup shots, right? And they can make some notes then. So um, I'm, yeah, not, also, I'm not worried about that too bad. Also, we're kind of in that second kind of like second backlash wave of just like Marvel quality in general, where we're kind of just getting past the, the uh, production issues that came with the pandemic. Right. And then we're also kind of just getting past the creative issues that mm-hmm. came with Chapex regime. So uh, this movie was kind of like kind of split in the middle, especially with production, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still really hoping and waiting to get on the it, other side of these kind of like tectonic blasts that that hit our uh, MCU, you know. And I think what's cool about this one again, not only are we getting you know uh, you know the uh, Falcon, or I guess what's his name, Sam Wilson is Captain America. We, we get his new Falcon. But again, like I said, Harrison Ford is, as General Ross coming back. Most of the incredible Hulk cast, right? Tim Blake Nelson as the leader in this. Um, the Serpent Society is making an appearance. And, um, you know, just a lot going on. And I think that's cool. I, I do think that this will be a prequel, Mike, for a, an inevitable World War Hulk movie, right? Because we know, mm-hmm. we talked about the universal rights reversing back with the Incredible Hulk coming back to Disney Plus and stuff. So, like, I feel like they're setting up some some future notes with this movie. And, um, again, like you mentioned, hopefully it fires off on all cylinders and, and you know, they're able to, to, to deliver a quality product by next next year. On the flip side, though, some, some interesting notes because I love how fast the tabloids, if you will, the, the digital tabloids can turn 
on news back and forth back and forth <laughs> right uh fantastic four the newest rumor slash report uh is that no cast is finalized for this movie yet despite us like saying like three four weeks ago yeah they got all four of them picked up right so the biggest thing is that adam driver has uh priced himself out of the reed richards role for this this franchise so um that 65 movie must have really been a huge hit for him to, to turn <laughs> down mcu money um, and then that Margot Robbie actually just turned down the role of Susan Storm um, at, on her own accord. Um, oh, I, I I wonder if possibly it was both financially related. I mean, uh, Margot's got Barbie coming out soon. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's going to be a big financial success just with all of the hype that I've seen on the internet yep. around it. And also it's a relatively unique movie coming out obviously it's based on pre-existing property but it's unique we haven't seen anything quite like it so maybe she's just like yeah i should be getting paid more i'm about to have like this big like boost in my um in my credibility and my um my box office draw so i think think she's i mean i think she's she's stable enough you know you know her name when you see when you see Mm -hmm. you know her face i think she could turn it down without money right or anything like that um, but yeah, maybe possibly. Yeah. I mean, if I had to kind of like turn on my like CEO accounting brain, which I don't like doing often cause it hurts, it hurts my soul and it hurts the, the, the folds in my brain. But I would think now you're, you're Marvel, you have all of this credibility and you have all of this power out in Hollywood and the box office, right? You don't necessarily need the most well-known actors to portray these very well-known characters, right? We just saw James Gunn hire a dude for Superman that we ain't never even heard of before, right? So, I I mean, if you're just looking for, like, return on investment, especially you're, you're going to want these characters around for a while, you're not just hiring them for one movie. You're hiring them for, like, 20 movies and possibly, you know, some uh, Disney Plus series as well. So, yeah, I could see, like, how the price could uh, balloon very, very quickly if you need them to be in multiple things over multiple years. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, I'm not surprised, but also, like, these obviously were never as final as we all thought they were, you know, going off of Hollywood rumor mill in two weeks. Guess what? This may turn around like, all right, they worked it out. They've all, they've Mm -hmm. all figured this out. This is all just, you know, they're all, um, this could be a negotiating. Yeah, yeah, this could be a tactic of like, let's put this out there that things are falling apart. See how the internet reacts, and if it's bad, it'll go well for us. Like, no, yeah. I can't believe you're letting Adam Driver go. I hate Marvel now, or you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure there's a tweet out there if they could possibly share it with anybody. They'll yeah. have to screenshot it. You know, exactly. Um, if you if you can read it, if you haven't hit your limit for the day, Mike. <laughs> um, but also the on the flip side of this, the newest uh, report, and this name has popped up before, is actress Vanessa Kirby, who is in Mission Possible six and seven, so Fallout and the new one, the the, the mm-hmm. last two, if you will, and Hobbs and Shaw um, is next in line for as a woman. She was always in, I guess, in the running for this, and her name's always been there. And they asked her even recently. She's like, it would be an honor to play that role. So. You know, she may be their their go to for that, and you know, honestly, she is. She, I think, she's a great action actress. Uh, so, I could e- I could see her playing uh, Susan Storm, Miss, Miss uh, Invisible Woman, in this universe, mm-hmm. just just as well as Margot Robbie, if you will. And um, I wouldn't say she's an unknown, but probably, as you mentioned, like we can, if, if we do a good story, we can make any actress work for this role, right? Where we have 
great casting, you know, directors. You mm-hmm. know, I, I've never really had a, a feeling of miscast in Marvel, right, at, at any given time. So I, I trust the powers that be to pick pick someone who's going to do the role justice. So mm-hmm. any, any thoughts on that? Any? I, I, I had to uh, Google Vanessa Kirby real quick, so I'm just scrolling yeah. uh, through pictures. And it's just like, this is like very strong Invisible Woman vibes. Like this, I feel like she already looks like yeah. uh, looks like uh, the comic book panel. So yeah, this would be a good uh, running start. Yeah, absolutely. And I and everyone's like, oh, who would you pick as you know, Reed Richards yourself? I'm like, I don't know, go back to uh, John Krasinski, see, see if he'll do it. Maybe we can, maybe we can keep that train rolling uh, down the road, but... Um. Yeah, that's fine. This is this is cool. Whatever, whenever they they tell us who the cast is, we'll let you guys know, and um, we'll all rejoice together with with whoever they pick. Uh, Deadpool three is filming, Mike. I don't know if you knew this. They are they are still rolling in London over there, uh, despite the writer strike. But we all have talked about this till we're blue in the face. Ryan Reynolds, most of his jokes are he's got the mask on. They can ADR any of his jokes in after mm-hmm. everything's done. They can write them later. Totally fine. But. Um, we're going to re-up the rumor that Owen Wilson will be playing Agent Mobius from Loki uh, in the TVA in this movie as mm-hmm. well. Uh, he has been spotted in London where filming is happening on the movie. And apparently another actor, don't know his name, will be playing a TVA agent from the comic books called Paradox. Mm-hmm. So uh, it sounds like this is going to be very multiversal, spanning a lot of actors, characters, uh, different things in this film going forward. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if it's ever been officially confirmed anywhere because I know we've talked about it on the show, but it seems to be heavily implied that, you know, this is Deadpool going to be hopping and bouncing around different Mm -hmm. multiverses or timelines or whatever you want to call it. And maybe he'll even make a joke to the uh, to the effect of like, are we going to a multiverse or are we? going back in time and then someone's yeah. going to say, I don't care, you know, show me the cocaine or something, <laughs> something along those lines. But, uh, yeah, I, lo- I loved agent Mobius. I mean, I've just, I feel like I've been reminiscing of the time not too long ago where I was looking forward to the Marvel Disney plus shows mm-hmm. and, uh, low key might've been the last time I feel like I saw anything that I really, really liked on Disney plus. So I really liked agent Mobius there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loki, Loki's coming up and Owen Wilson will be returning from that. Um, this fall we have a release date right it was it was october i think it is um october through november and then echoes drops so absolutely i i think you know if anyone's gonna make fun of the the everything being a multiverse and slash time travel this like this year right like that's the hot movie topic for everything going on um mm-hmm. deadpool is going to be the one that skewers that concept to its maximum capability um, yeah. And and you you just mentioned Invincible as well. I think the second season is supposed to be dabbling in multiverse as well. So either the audiences are really liking it or we're about to get tired of it real quick. Yeah. 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 I, I could I can see that. Well, Marvel's kind of gone all in with it, but we'll we'll see, um, you know, with with uh, Bob Iger back at the helm, if they change up some of those plans. Right. For, for the storytelling aspect. But. Uh, Deadpool three, I'm excited. It says dropping next May, so it'll be the first uh, first MCU movie we get uh, next year. I think the first superhero movie next year that I can think of, unless they drop Hellboy in January. So, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Um, and uh, Madam Web somewhere in there too, but I don't care about it enough to look it up right now. Moving on to Andor, uh, Star Wars, uh, one of one of the sleeper hits for Star Wars that we we. We've come full circle, or not full circle, we did a 180 on 
Um, we have a new photo uh, slash video uh, from their filming going back to a new place that stood in for Naboo uh, for episode one, Mike. Uh, I guess it's Hever Castle in, in England. And if oh. you look at this, it looks a lot like Naboo, doesn't it? With like the lake and the, the stones and the intricate designs mm-hmm. and everything. But isn't it so isn't it so weird having nostalgia for Naboo and the prequels, even though we grew up to not like the prequels, but now that I start to get a little bit older, I feel like I'm coming back around to them again. Well, <laughs> it's 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 so weird. Yeah. It's such a weird relationship to be a millennial that grew up with the prequels. Like it, it's just cultural. It's just whiplash with that IP. It's well, it's it's um, I I, th- I don't think we grew up to hate them. I think there were characters we we were like not supposed to enjoy right or ideas not necessarily the locations because i think george lucas builds really good lived-in worlds and naboo felt like a lived-in world right like it felt Mm -hmm. like you knew exactly what it was supposed to be and what it was supposed to look like and i think they nailed that and like this this um you know these photos of this like i saw the first photo like a thumbnail like oh that's naboo it's got to be look at it look at the designs Mm -hmm. so i think he did a great job with those um but also Distance makes the heart grow fonder, Mike. So the more, <laughs> the farther out you are from rewatching those, you know, the, the more you might like, oh, I like to revisit those. And then Very you're like, that's eh, not as bad as it used to be. But I would say, you know, the, look at this. I, I also was very, I was like, I don't know what part of the movie this was in, right? Well, that's because it was a deleted scene from episode one that they released oh. on the, the DVDs, Blu-rays later. So that's why um, it's not exactly familiar, but the architecture really lines up with the, the vibe mm-hmm. of the movie. So... I was going to have to go say, like, you know, I wonder, and, and someone else is going to know the answer because I never did this. On Disney Plus, do they have deleted scenes from Star Wars in those when you go to those oh. movies? God, I don't know. That's a good question. Because um, I know some movies get those features, right? Like, I know, you know, Marvel movies get the the, I'm, uh, the IMAX ratio, but there's also extra features there as well when you go to those. So I'm going to have to go see if maybe they have some Star Wars ones on there. If not, guess what? I'm going to have to whip those discs off the shelf, Mike. Pop them in. <laughs> Use that, use that physical media for once to, to see what they use that for. I have been literally watching probably the first Dune movie, like an hour of it today when I was sitting mm-hmm. around. Uh, and for, for those who don't know, I run a, a little, little, me, little media server locally, and I have to do some, some, some computer repair on it. So I've got my scalpel gloves out. But to test it, I ran a 4K version of Dune through that computer. Like, if like... Full, like, and it like, exploded. <laughs> it did not. It actually ran it pretty smooth. No, like, no ping on anything at all, which was great. So I was watching Dune, and then I remembered, why am I so obsessed with Dune right now? Oh, yeah, part two trailer released this week. And for those who may not have caught the first part of Dune, which would be Mike, um, yep. <laughs> this, this part two trailer really shows off the second half of the first book, which is a lot more action scenes, as you can probably get from watching this trailer. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, <laughs> I feel like I saw this note in the in the uh, in the show that it looks like there's a possible another part coming after yeah. this one, and it's like the whole strategy here for me was to wait till the second one came out so, so I could just watch part one and two and get it all. But it sounds like that strategy is well, not going to work. <laughs> so, so I will tell you right now, this so part three has been confirmed by Deadline. So that that's the other bit here. Uh, this was uh, the other day. So Deadline, their exact words are, the new trailer for part two of this uh, planned three-film saga based on Frank Herbert's classic sci-fi novel. Well, the rumors, the, the not the rumors, the 
people who read this are going around saying that the second or the third movie will be based on the second book by Frank Herbert called Dune Messiah. So Dune Messiah is actually like half the size of Dune. Like if you look, if you had them on a shelf, like in terms of length, Messiah is half the length of the first book. So it's a mm-hmm. much shorter novel and there's a little bit of a time jump in it. So I could easily see Denny taking first book doing part one and two and then working with the same cast of actors to do a part three with a little bit of a time jump. Um, so so what you're one. saying with part one and part two combined, I'll be getting a complete story where the the biggest critique of part one was it didn't feel like you got a full yeah. narrative in a way. So, okay. Yes. So it seems like uh, part three is coming from a, a totally different book. Yeah. It seems like I'll have the, the narrative satisfaction to watch part two and then I'll be hooked and I'll stick around and watch the third one at some yeah. point in time. Yeah. So when part one uh, came out in twenty late twenty twenty one, it made you know four hundred something million at the box office enough to give them money to make part two. My I, I I also believe if part two doesn't make enough money this November when it drops, that part three probably won't get made. But I feel this is um, Denny Denny's Avatar, right? This is the, this is his Avatar franchise, Mike. There's enough. There there are enough Dune books and and lore for him to just keep rolling with this franchise forever if he wanted to um and and i feel like even though the first dune came out during the pandemic streaming only uh it made i felt like it's a lot of money it's done yeah. a, i felt like it's done a pretty good job staying in like the zeitgeist right it's not like people have forgotten about it and then they're like oh another one's coming out i already forgot so it seems like the quality was good enough for people to still be oh on their minds this this is a movie if i want to show off my home theater system i put on this movie um this Mm -hmm. and blade runner 2049 which is also uh a a villeneuve movie right so like Mm -hmm. he is this matt he he is like a new nolan if you will like the master like what he does there's no accent there's no um he's 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 become a a tour level. Yeah, exactly. He his craft. See anything they make. Yeah, it's visually perfect. The sound level, the sound mixing, everything is is on point with this. So I absolutely. I mean, I recommend you know part one before you get into part two, Mike. But you know, if you can't totally understand, but I I still think part one is so engrossing to watch. It's got a a great cast of characters. Great, um, every everything about it's perfect. So the acting is is fantastic. So. Yeah, so if part three comes along and we get Dune Messiah, I would be very interested in, in how they do that. Um, you know, not to, to to spoil anything, but there's a time jump because the novels are not, like, sequential, right? They're not, like, boom, 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 like uh, Game of Thrones. So there's a little bit of a time jump. Not a lot, so they could have the same actors, but I, I'd be interested to see if they do, in fact, do that. And hopefully it's not the, the other part where, like, oh, yeah, we decided to split the back half of a, of a book into two movies as well. Like, right, like you're like, okay, I got the first half and then I got another quarter and then part three is another quarter. I think that would really suck because I've seen clips in this trailer that tell me that they're telling the full story of the book. Like Mm -hmm. the the trailer has scenes that I'm like, oh, this is later in the book. So I know they're not going to hold anything back for us. So that makes me feel Dune Messiah is a, a good theory to lean into. Did you watch this trailer? I know you have no idea what's going on in it, but I didn't know if you watched uh, it or not. I just keep I just keep seeing screenshots of the the pale white Austin Butler, Fade Roth, uh, which yeah. I'm just, I'm just like, all right, I'll, I'll check that out. There, that dude looks weird enough. There are a couple of scenes in there where it's like black and white, right? And the ones you probably seen look very very black and white. 
Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm interested to know if that's the planet they're on and, and where that if that's the color on that planet or what he would look like when he gets to uh, Arrakis, the, the planet Dune, with the actual yellow sunlight and if he looks any different. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very excited to watch this. The Boys, Mike, The Boys, that show on Amazon that is still going after all these years. Mm-hmm. Um, and and not, that's not, not anything against it at all, but they are not going to give us a release date until the writer strike is over for the next season, season four. Yeah, hold it hostage. Don't yep. don't don't let them get what they want until the writers get paid. Yeah. Uh, it, it is funny, though. I keep forgetting that Amazon Prime Video needs to be recontextualized in your brain along the same lines of, like, Apple TV, mm-hmm. where it's like these are, like, ancillary services to, like, a bigger kind of business model and program, right? You know, where you could theoretically run these at cost or even a loss to just get people to stay within, like, your, you know, consumer loop, if you will, mm-hmm. whereas all the other streaming services, it's, like, a more of a one-to-one. We make something, you pay for it and watch it in a way. So, um, they they do have that little bit of an advantage of over Amazon Prime. It's just like yeah, we'll throw money at Lord of the Rings stuff. We'll throw money at the boys. Maybe we can even wait a little bit to give you a release date because we don't make money like all the other places well, make money. I, I think the the bigger thing here is like you know this is a show, uh, not probably not just the showrunner. I assume that the studio or the Amazon is probably the person who says. The company says this is when we're going to release it, right? Like they don't—they're mm-hmm. the one making the choice. But to stand behind the showrunner and be like, "Yeah, well, you don't want to release it till the right strike over," that's fine because Amazon is strictly a streaming service. Like I find that fantastic that the streaming service is behind that whole premise yeah. here. So also, also too, as we said before, the boys might arguably be if maybe not even arguably maybe it's factual the most successful thing that amazon prime has ever done when it just comes to popularity critical reception uh you know driving subscriptions right uh so they're just like yeah we're gonna be keep the people that made this show happy because of it we're making spinoffs we maybe want them to make like a feature film at some point in time right mm-hmm. so yeah they got the leverage which is good yeah i'm kind of i'm just kind of running through here looking at stuff on amazon prime originals right uh that citadel show probably did not do the numbers they wanted to do right yeah didn't make it past the, did not make it past the first episode <laughs> yeah uh rings of power you know however you feel about that good omens is getting the second season on there uh, but, you know, it took forever. Uh, Jack Ryan with uh, John Krasinski's ending, uh, his last season just just debuted or is debuting. Um, the, Bo- the Boss show is over, right? I think that in- that wrapped up as it's well. A, it's uh, the sequel series has moved to Amazon's free service, the Freebie. Okay. So it's kind of technically there, but kind of isn't. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of rolling through some of these, trying to figure out some of these shows I've never even heard of. Some of them I, I have. So, yeah, I think there is um, – The Boys is the big one, right? We, there's nothing else we would say. you got to go watch this Amazon Prime. The Boys is the one we would tell you to go watch there. Um, so I, I think they need to, to to hold on to that and not really ruin that experience as long as they can if they if they can help it. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll, we'll let you guys know when the release date's dropped, and, and we'll, be, we'll be there watching it with you. Uh, so let's end the show. We're going to talk about uh, Secret Invasion Episode 2. A little discussion here. Just free-form discussion. There will be spoilers. So if you've not seen Secret Invasion Episodes 1 or 2, you should probably go watch them on Disney+, Plus. come back, and then you can listen to these. Otherwise, we're just going to – we're not going to hold anything back. It's not like we're really out here spoiling stuff, but 
the conversations just flow easier if we can just mm-hmm. talk about it right out the gate here. So um, you actually put this in here in the notes. I wasn't going to bring it up, but um, I have thoughts and feelings, and 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 and, and it seems well, you do as well. So I'd like to, to yeah. get into it. I mean, I just figured like it's it's still billed as a mini series when you look it up online. So we yep. never know if it'll stay as a mini series. So basically, that means there's only four episodes left. So it just kind of seemed like it's a it's an easy ask to just check in on a weekly basis yeah. and also uh with it being a holiday weekend here in the states not a ton of news so like we got <laughs> no. we got the room to to talk about uh, right. secret invasion episode two and it, it also just kind of harkens back to what i was talking about last week there's two ways that i'm still looking at this show through like an entertainment point of view and then also just like oh what are some cool like lore tidbits that we can pull from this uh, mm-hmm. it seems like they're leaning yeah. towards like the 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 super scroll gonna, idea so i immediately saw the there's a scene in this where um oh what's her name uh amelia clark's character is on a computer and isn't it got gaia I gaia think? yeah i want to say clea yeah. i'm like it's not clea it's, it's gaia but i was like okay um she's on this computer and is showing like you know dna samples from uh larger events in the MCU at large, right? Going back even to Thor the Dark World. And I'm like, I know what they're doing with this. They're doing GNA sequencing and there's all these different abilities. I'm like, Mike's going to love this. Like, to me, and I could be wrong, you may not love this, but if you wanted lore of how to get a Super Scroll, here's where your Super Scroll comes from. I guarantee Yeah. And I like that. I thought it was it was really smart. It's a clever way to do it where, you know, you don't necessarily have to bring in like big heavy hitters like the Avengers to explain it. And then also too, like I feel like since we've had the ability to watch everything that has happened in the MCU for the most part, uh, I could just be like, you can't just go get you know, Captain America's like DNA. He's just not a guy that like will let you take it. Right. You know, and I, I suppose it could they already did that in Captain Carter. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose it could be in a vault somewhere, but like these, these heroes have been relatively untouchable. So I do like the creative problem solving of just like, oh, let's just go get the supernatural garbage that's just kind of been littered uh, throughout the landscape. So I I like that. I like that lore side of things too. Uh, So I like that lens, but I was giving episode one a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because it was the first episode. They were just getting things going. And the second episode slightly better but i'm not giving it the benefit of the doubt anymore so this this show is not necessarily going in the direction that i would like it to go it's just not very exciting and i've seen some people online say like oh well you you got to be in the headspace of it you know it's, it's a slow boil you know they're they're taking their time but i'm just like there's four episodes left like what do you mean take your time if this was a movie we'd be at the end of the first act already and i feel like they barely got the engine oh. above like you know second gear <laughs> oh this is this, i mean this is 100 percent the first act i mean i i actually am impressed they pulled out the like we all know, and anyone watches knows the secret. The the super scrolls are coming right from this episode. I was actually gonna, I thought they would pull that out at episode five, like at the end of five. They're like, okay, and then mm-hmm. six. So I'm glad they pulled that forward. We also got Don Cheadle in a more advanced capacity in this one, which I didn't think we would see him again um, in in the show. So I think it's very to me. We're seeing we we are good. We know where Nick Fury is. He has um, he's been I guess excommunicated. Right, he's without everything. Uh, he's also his wife is a scroll. We found that out at the end there. Mm-hmm. Um, people are wondering if he knows she's a scroll. Do you think he knows? I think he knows. Yeah, 
that's what I was trying to figure out as well. But you know, I didn't really have the uh, the patience to go back and watch the very beginning scene where we see like the flashback to like was it like ninety four, ninety six, or something yeah, yeah. like that. When, when where, you find out that yeah, like there he's gonna try to help him find a home because they didn't. Yeah, find so, so yeah. So I mean, it's it seems like he would know. Like he is intimately familiar with the scrolls. I could easily see him falling in love with. It seems like they've had a very long relationship. So right. if it was something new, like if it was like a new marriage or something like that, I would I would maybe lean more of like, yeah, oh, so, it's, yeah. it's 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 a secret invasion in his own house. You well, know? Yeah, and this is somebody like they were obviously he is he's been using scrolls to help keep him above the water, right? In his job mm-hmm. as a spy forever. So I, I assume he would know that. Um, so I think yeah, right back to it. So I think he is he is you know he's excommunicated. He doesn't have. The, the stuff he's going to do before. Like, he doesn't have the resources and everything he, he's done before. he um, The villain, we find out, is technically maybe not his son, right? But maybe an adopted son, right? And, and who feels slighted by him uh, leaving. And then also, you know, um, Gaia is is leaning. I mean, she's going to be wishy-washy either way. But there's some some opportunity both ways for, for this to go. I, I, think, I think we are past... I, like you mentioned, Act One, and and we're gonna go, but I don't know where it's gonna go from here, right? Like I I don't want it to be a show, uh, you know, to, to your a show of just like them dealing with terrorist kind of things, like terrorist yeah. girls. I think that would just be laziness at this point yeah. going forward. I hope that I I hope they do make some sort of like narrative pivot that that really s- spins us all around because I feel like you can almost clock everything that's going to happen, right? You can see that the the scrolls will move their plan along. You know, the quote-unquote good guys will start to get intel and try to sneak in there. And just before, at the very, very end, before they're able to, like, press the button and launch nukes all over the world, they'll mm. shut it down. There'll be a super scroll that they'll have to fight in. Well, that's I, I, this been in I the trailer the, a little bit. So I've seen – we saw someone's powers in the first trailers. Yeah. I think maybe uh, – some sort of superpowered person also has to slot in. I don't know if it's going to be. Um, oh, she was introduced in WandaVision and she's going to be in the Va- oh, Marvels. Monica, What's Monica her name? Rainbow. Yeah, maybe she'll come yeah, in and on. be the superpowered, uh, uh, like pitch hitter, right? That helps him out at the very end. That seems like something that could transition well into mm. the Marvels when he goes back into space, right? But like, 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 like you're saying, Chris. Yeah, like you can kind of like see it very easily now, and yeah. it's like I want them to take a different direction. And, like, for me, the tone feels very, very odd in a sense of, like, I like that they've put um, that they put Fury on his toes and he has to walk backwards, right? You know, I like seeing him, like, not being so um, – uh, not executing everything so perfectly, right? But it, it seems, like, very odd to me. Like, uh, like I, you need to put your heroes back up against the wall, but he seems to be reacting very oddly to things. And I thought like the biggest twist of the episode really was supposed to be the fact that there's a million scrolls yeah. on the planet and uh, Talos uh, has uh, brought them there and he's been hiding the secret, but it just kind of weirdly just kind of comes out in like a train well, ride. Like yeah. that seems like a big reveal to just kind of like, Oh, I've just been kind of keeping this from you. I know I've been like your biggest confidant and I've actually been body doubling you for while you've been in the space station. Like, it just seems like if it's oh. going to come up like this, like why? Like, it just kind of seems like apropos I, of nothing. Like, it, it's just, it was very odd to me. I, to, well, I think I think it's supposed to be, to me, I, I, I and I hope I'm right. I can be very wrong. To me, it's, it's an offhand comment that we're like, oh, million scrolls, not think about it because I we're going to be getting probably a lot more twists 
and turns, hopefully, in the next few episodes, where we don't know who who is one of these million scrolls. Right? If there's a million scrolls, a lot more people could be scrolls than we know of going forward. And I think hopefully we get some real, real double, triple, quadruple crossing stuff going on in the show. Right? Like real spy level stuff, like Mission Impossible level kind of things. Um, now, do I have a lot of hope for that? Um, you know, knowing <laughs> knowing that this is, I would say this is the tail end of you know, old Marvel, right? Cause this was filmed under Chapek still before everything kind of, kind of got moving, um, you know, it, it, un, under the Iger umbrella. So like, you know, are we, are we going to get that? Is this going to be the last one? I don't know. It, it could easily play out predictably like, like we mentioned, but I, I think hopefully that it's laid up based for like, okay, well now we're going to be getting twist after twist after twist. Like, um, through this uh, hopefully we do i enjoyed olivia coleman i liked her i liked her um terror like not terror like uh interrogation scene a little bit like her confidence in that role is 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 fun to watch and um cutting that guy's finger off was pretty cool and i think to, like a quick way hey are you a scroll i'm just gonna cut your finger off real fast double check it um but uh man i don't know if you hear that there's thunder like storms going on right outside my house oh man well uh, yeah. it, it sounds like it sounds like the timing has worked yeah. out really really well but um yeah i, I like i i think I, I i like the second like you said the second better than the first one i i hope that that they're pointing us to a predictable path and we do get our the rug pulled out from under us a little bit to get there right i think that yeah. would be very very thrilling but at the same time i i hopefully if not, the ending of this sets up some very cool stuff for the future. Um, you know, yeah, if yeah. I could set it one of two ways to look at it. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll agree. If, if things are going the way that they look and it, it, it all plays out exactly how we think it's going to, I'm, I'm just not going to like this show in any way. But if it leans into this whole mysterious secret twists and turns, they have a chance to write it. But yeah, as of right now, I'm not exactly on my Roku remote every Wednesday making sure. Like, I yeah. missed it last week. It like it was like Thursday. I was like, oh, I didn't watch Secret Invasion. I better do that. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I, I know everyone's, everyone's different, has different priorities. But at the end of the second episode, my wife did look over to me and she was just like, I think you can watch this one without me. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I, that's, if it's happening to her. You know, it's it's happening to other people, right? Because yeah. we're not all wholly unique and in individuals. There's there's at least other people out there on their couches that are making similar decisions when it comes to uh, watching this show. So, if I I don't know if I didn't have to watch the show, I I might maybe just I, wait until they're all out and just it, binge them it all. It seems once. bingeable. That doesn't like I wish this had been a bunch just releases bunch because if I'd seen one and two together. I think that would have been really cool to watch those back to back really quickly, right? Because mm-hmm. to me, one and two, like you mentioned, you know, not not to, to say it wrong, but one and two feel like Act One, two and hopefully three and four Act Two and five yeah. and six are Act Three. But like if I was able to watch those together, like I even said in the first one, if I could watch them all together, it probably would go pretty quickly, and yeah. you'd be able to keep track of everything uh, with yeah. it. So. It's just it's just not building enough steam. That's mm-hmm. all. Like there's there's just not enough to draw me into the next episode. There's stuff in here that's interesting. Right. But it's yeah. just like nothing is really compelling me and driving me forward. It's just like, let's get this thing going. You, you, know, you know what? You know what it is, it. right? It, it, it mm. is simply the fact that literally, uh, un, uh, except for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and that is still iffy. None of these shows are paying off later. Like none of these shows mm-hmm. are, are paying forward any results to, to affect the larger MCU that we've been grown accustomed to. Right. Like 
WandaVision, you know, put put Wanda on a dark path, but how quickly did she jump there, right? Like, we didn't even see that journey. We just, like, when we left her, she was, you know, dealing with her remorse, and then, you know, next thing she's, like, full evil. So, like, you know, it's yeah, like, going just... to matter at the end of the day yet. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, like, we were just talking about Loki earlier, like, that everything was firing on all cylinders for that show. I mean, we got to see Tom Hiddleston return. He was dead the last time we saw him. Within, yeah. like, the first, I think it's in the first episode, we get to see the Infinity Stones being mm-hmm. used as paperweights. Right. And we're, we're being introduced to, like, kind of, like, this whole new kind of, like, dimension, in a way, of, like, the TVA. So, like, talk about just a feast for, like, the eyes and, like, the senses, right? Whereas this is all predicated off Captain Marvel, which... If you if you look at it objectively and, you know, it's been a while since the movie came out. But, you know, if if you look at it from an objective sense and you don't look at all like the bullshit that came with, like, you know, the the assholes like review bombing the movie. But like just narratively, just not as compelling as something to jump off of from like a a miniseries. Well, again, change the title from Secret Invasion, which was a book about superheroes being replaced with scrolls, not your everyday, you know, people walking the street. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, give it a better title, and then also, um, you, well, you know, not only just don't wait so long, D- like don't wait as long to do one of these stories, right? Like, mm-hmm. I understand, you know, they're not, they're not, they don't have their dry erase board planned over years. They are reactionary, and this feels like a reactionary thing rather than an actual like, hey, this we we wanted we we should have planned this when we were writing Captain Marvel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I yeah, did, uh, before before we before we jump off and, and we yeah. wrap up the show, it, I did think it was pretty interesting that the very first episode, no recap or preamble at the top of it, yeah. beginning of episode two, what you missed watching yeah. Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it definitely did catch up there. And I think the other thing I would said, the only other title I would give in this is what if this was called Secret Wars, um, or Secret War, Nick Fury's Secret Wars. Like, what if that was the title of this? Would that make more sense? To, or maybe if it was just called like Fury or something like yeah. that, since it's so Nick Fury focused, um, and you know, then you wouldn't have to draw the direct comparisons exactly. because because that's that's exactly why I'm already lowering my expectations and expecting Monica Rambeau yeah. at the end, like blasting the Super Scroll. Then like I don't know, Sam Wilson flying in and punching somebody yeah. like a bit like a big name Avenger. I can- I, I'm curious. They they did have the bad guy say like, oh, like what's your plan for the Avengers or something? And he says, Oh, I got that covered. I wonder if him, that's him making the super scroll or if he knows it's probably something Don, else it's that probably we don't Don know. Cheadle, right? Like my guess we, is Don Cheadle's the scroll. Yeah, maybe like I, they, they, they keep giving Don Cheadle the shit rolls and all these things. Like, mm-hmm. you know, they broke his back in civil war and all this other fun stuff. But like, you know, he's the one firing fury and putting fury out of the way is my guess is, is probably him because mm-hmm. he's the one, because did, um, you know, uh, War Machine. I can't think of the character's name. Rhodey. He talked to Nick of like, why don't we call in the big big hitters, kind of thing, right? Like he specifically yeah. asked him. So I'm like, he's probably the the problem uh, down here. Um, but you know, the and the last thing. This will be the last thing here. I think, you know, you mentioned Sam Wilson. I think Sam Wilson would be the Avengers hero they call into this if it's not Captain Marvel level. If it's not Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. it'll be Sam Wilson. And only that because they really touched on um, race and like bias pretty pretty heavily mm-hmm. that conversation between Rhodey and Fury so I'm like you know Sam Wilson really that's like his message as well right now so like I could easily see them bringing him in to do that so um, I, I'm not saying you know it's it's the best thing to do but 
parallel wise I, I would see them doing that um but anyway so episode two down episode three this week after a holiday weekend um and you know, so and you're not going to the movie theater, so you'll have time to watch it at home when we end episode three. <laughs> I'd like to see where we leave in the middle of the season. I think that'll be interesting to see. So we'll, we'll keep you guys posted and come back to it next week. But Mike, I'm going to get out of here before my power shuts off uh, if, uh, <laughs> uh, randomly, and we get disconnected. So if people know what you're up to, where can they find you? At? Well, they can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, and you can read my web comic at liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, if people want to find out where you are, uh, so they can send a tornado your way, where yeah. can they find you? I'd love a good tornado. Uh, if you can find me on Instagram at Valdan87 or uh, Valdan any video game system, since I'm not going to be using Twitter anymore, and I deleted my Reddit account, so you know I'm I'm on a I'm on a roll of detoxing from. He's from on a binge. Other. That's right. Uh, if people want to know more about the show, list our episodes. Where can they get all that good information? at well all you have to do is head on over to superheroslate.com that is the headquarters for everything we do here on the show you can find us on apple Podcasts, youtube spotify wherever else you love to listen to fine podcasts at the at the end of every episode i say go like us on facebook twitter and instagram but i mean like i feel like at the end of the day we just like making the show and not so much going online and marketing the show our social media so, is not presence is not solid by any means. yeah you know, I, I think just tell I, honestly I'm at the point now where we just like let's just find the tool in WordPress that just automatically posts these things. So we, we do. Don't have to worry about oh, it we are, already but, do. So you're fine. Okay, we, we got but, that covered. But we're out there. Um, you can always tag us. But like we said all the time, we love our we love our super fans of the show. So if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, all you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and obviously we'll be here every week because we've been here for at least 430 weeks. Yes. So we obviously like doing this kind of stuff. So stick around and see if we we like going back to the movies at some yes. point in time. At, at, in, in the next four weeks, you're going to find out which one of us was a scroll the whole time too. So <laughs> we'll talk to you guys then. All right, bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.